you found the Winding Roads Podcast. My name is Isaac Redinger. Each week, my guests and I talk about cars. Our own cars, our past cars, cars we're excited about, how we were bitten by the car enthusiast bug, and more. Hop in, buckle up, and join me for another great drive. Hello, everyone, and happy Monday. On today's show, the Philadelphia Auto Show is in town for the week, and Formula One car launch season has started, and there's already a huge announcement. It's auto show season again. This means that all of your favorite manufacturers are displaying all of their models at a convention center near you. Well, sort of. Some of your favorite manufacturers are displaying their models. If you haven't been to an auto show for a while or ever before, they aren't quite the same as they were just a few years ago. You can thank the pandemic for reshaping auto shows and how the manufacturers view them in terms of return on investment. Auto shows used to be a place where you could go and view cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs from all of the manufacturers. You could compare models by putting your butt in them back to back with their competitors to help you decide on your next car. Or you could roam around with your buddies and talk about the latest hot sports car and be bummed when it was locked and you couldn't fantasize about the car you're never going to buy. Or you could critique and criticize and scrutinize so-and-so car company for not doing car A just the right way or was that just me? COVID has dramatically changed landscape of auto shows. Gone are the days where nearly all of the manufacturers sold in the U.S. could be seen on display with several trim levels of each model on display to peruse. The pandemic showed companies that they didn't have to spend truckloads of money for this type of marketing. They found they can do just as well, if not better, with online car launches and more. Last year and this year's examples of the Philly Auto Show are prime samples of what I'm talking about. While technically there were 20 manufacturers there, realistically there were just 11 to 14, depending on how you count the Chrysler Stellantis group. Instead of a sea of cars, now about a third of the floor space is taken up by ride-along displays for Jeep, Ram truck, and EVs. The manufacturer list is down to just Jeep, Chrysler, Ram, Dodge, Kia, Honda, Subaru, Ford, Nissan, VW, Toyota, Chevy, GMC, and Lexus. That's it. If you want to see a sports car, you were limited to the BRZ and the GR86, the GR Supra, Ford Mustang, and Chevy Camaro. And maybe you could consider the WRX and Challenger in that group, but in my opinion, that's pushing it. This year, my wife and I are expecting our first child in May, and I was keen to look at what minivan offerings are out there. No, the Cayman's not being replaced by a minivan, but we can't fit our 110-pound Akita and a baby into our G37 sedan, and we both have an aversion to SUVs. We aren't in the market quite yet, but this was a good chance to see just what's out there and make a short list for drive homework when the time comes. If you're in the market for an SUV, you still have the ability to check out many models, just nowhere near the numbers there used to be. The rest of the floor space is taken up by car clubs, car collections, vendors, etc. In other news, the Formula One car launch season is upon us. Yes, the season is getting that much closer. This past week, Haas became the first team to launch their car, or livery more like it. No, we're not likely to see the actual cars that will take tracks next month for testing. Instead, most teams are likely to unveil their 2023 liveries on top of a 2022 chassis. 
If you were expecting mostly fluff and filler this car launch season, though, you'd be wrong. Second in line with this year's launch was Red Bull. While the livery itself was pretty similar to last year's, which is pretty consistent with their style, they came bearing very big news. Red Bull and Ford jointly announced that starting with the 2026 engine rule change, Ford Performance will be a technical partner with Red Bull powertrains. What this means exactly has yet to be seen, but with increased interest in Formula One, with things like Netflix's Drive to Survive, adding two new races to the U.S. calendar in as many years, Ford wants to be part of the ongoing and projected growth of the sport. Ford and Red Bull have a long history of being together, dating back to the 90s, followed by Red Bull buying the floundering Jaguar F1 team that Ford owned at the time of the early 2000s and turning it into the powerhouse it is today. What else will this car launch season bring us? We'll find out over the next few weeks leading up to testing. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Remember, if you don't already, you can follow me on Instagram at Winding Roads Podcast. Until next time, enjoy the drive.